Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. <clears throat> You're listening to the Sans Pants Network. Home of comedy, <laughs> culture, adventures, and ghosts. Welcome to How Goods Footy, a weekly AFL podcast where we ask the most important sporting question of all. I'm Carney. I'm Tom. And I'm Dusha. And today we are joined by special guest Josh Earl. Hello. Thanks for having me. Josh Earl, How Goods Footy. I love footy. I've loved footy my entire life, watching my dad run out with the Yeoman Reserves when I was two years old as the mascot, oh. and then breaking his heart when I chose to go for a different team. And uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then I played football, and I stopped in year 12, and I still watch it every single week. So that's pretty good. Yeah. Is the answer. Yeah. Yeah, very pretty good. good. Yeah. Did you stop because you were too good? I stopped because I had to. I, uh, I had to. It was interesting because I, I had a job and it like clashed, and I was like, "Oh, I actually would rather get money so I can buy booze for the weekend than <laughs> drive down on a bus to Queenstown in Tasmania and play on gravel at like oh. nine in the morning." Oh, so I just want to jump back for a second, and yep. we may get this into this later. But when you said that you changed, you broke your dad's heart because you changed teams. Are you talking about like at a local league level? Like you defected from the team that he went for? <laughs> no. Because that's cold. No. I, my dad's a massive Carlton supporter. Oh, that and, makes sense. That's fair. Yeah. I'd get why you defected. Well, yeah. at five years old, I, I was at kinder and my friend Tony Shepard was like, hey, I go for Richmond. You should go for Richmond. And I was like, okay. And I went home and told my dad, hey, I go for Richmond now. And he's like, no, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> and that night, it was like the Ansett Cup or whatever it was called. It was like preseason. And Richmond were playing North Melbourne, and North Melbourne absolutely pumped them. And Dad was like, that's your team. That's, that's, that's your team. I said, no, no, I'll, I'll go for the other one. And he goes, well, you can't change. You can only change once. That's it. That's, that's you, you've changed now. That's your North Melbourne. And so that was like 86, 87. Yeah. That's huge. Also, that's so on this show, uh, we often – like when you're a kid, obviously changing teams and whatever is fine. But I think seven was the age where we decided that uh, yeah. you can't change teams after seven. Otherwise, you get labeled a TC. 
the the T in TC stands for traitorous and the C stands for cunt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did we decide seven? Because I think I was a little later. Or maybe it was nine. I think it was it whatever was, age it you was changed whatever from Essendon to Brisbane. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I can't remember. It would have been about 97. I can't remember how old I was. So Probably eight, eight or nine. Did yeah. you change from Essendon to Brisbane or Fitzroy yeah. or was it Brisbane? Uh, so no, so my brother was Fitzroy, my yeah. older brother. And I was Essendon, um, probably similar to you, just because like my best mate in primary school was yep. Essendon, and I was like, all right, cool. So, um, when I was then, working yeah. on when I was working on radio, Bill Shortner came out that had changed his teams. He, I don't know who he goes for now, but I think it was Collingwood. He changed to Collingwood, and I was like, Ooh. you can't, you can't do that as an adult. Change teams? What are you doing? Like, you're going to lose the vote because of that. Well, yeah, and then he did. Uh, yeah, yeah. He, he hasn't won an election because people heard a rumor that he had pivoted. To co- what a team to then to change that to is, as well. That's a fucked up. As a politician, that is the most fucked up decision. Yeah. Politicians, <laughs> look, I'll say it, pretty famous for fucked up calls. <laughs> yeah. This one, though, because, like, if you're a fucking Labour MP, why are you changing to Collingwood, a team that are just riddled with scandals? Yeah. Well, it just I, says corruption. What a fucking idiot. Uh, well, I said I this on the radio. So I said on the radio. And then I got all these old Fitzroy supporters calling up the station going, no, nah, you're allowed to change as an adult. I, my team got taken off me. I didn't go to Brisbane. I then decided to go to the Western Bulldogs, whoever they went for. And yeah. I was like, all right, you're allowed to change if you're angry with the AFL and you're going like, yeah, because people will go, I don't even I don't even follow the AFL now. I follow the VFL because, yep. yeah, and it's like, all right, I'm not going to argue this, but come on, let's agree <laughs> that as an adult, you can't just change because you think it's going to win you more votes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like the worst Especially reason to change. Especially Collingwood. Yeah. yeah. I, it's, it's gross. It's my, like, I think nine is, is a good age. I think yeah. what I like about your pivot though, Josh, is you went three teams in the space of 24 hours. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> that's good. But it was also that thing of like, because my dad's brother went for North Melbourne, so he was like, "Okay, that's 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 okay." Because yep. Barry goes for North Melbourne, so yeah, you someone else in the family can go for North Melbourne. A man named Barry going for North Melbourne is very yeah. on trend. Yeah, like that's a man named Barry go for North. Yeah, he was a bricklayer so, too. It's, oh. it's perfect. <laughs> Josh, uh, I have so my mum has five brothers. Uh, one of them owns a tattoo shop. The other. Uh, three of them are tradies, and the other one works at the airport, but with baggage claims. All of them bald, all of them covered in tattoos, all of them very strong North Melbourne boys. Oh, good. <laughs> you, don't, you don't meet too many of us. It's it's really um, nice when you do see some. Has yeah. your brother, Joel, has your, brother been, has your uncle been the one to tattoo all of them? Uh, I think it's been like a mix of like, they all used to go to one tattoo shop. One of them tattooed himself, yeah. but not the one that has a tattoo shop. And when <laughs> Essendon win the flag, will your uncle give you the tattoo? Yes. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, that's good. Rites of passage. I'll get him to give me the elimination final win tattoo. The one that's <laughs> in my future. So, Josh, and listeners, if you haven't heard for a couple of weeks, uh, so it's very a very funny joke within people that follow the AFL is that Essendon haven't won a final in nearly 6,000 days. The day we win, which is coming up, I'm going to get whatever, however many days and then just a line through it tattooed and it's going to be huge because it's never going to happen again. <laughs> so how old were you when, so 93, you would have been very young. That was the last time. No, they won in 2000. No, yeah. 2000, yeah. So, so I remember the 2000 grand final and I remember the heartbreak of 2001. I remember yeah. there was a sausage chisel barbecue and I remember eating a sausage and watching it was like three quarter, like it was getting close to three quarter time. And I remember like being like really nervous and then like taking like two bites out of this sausage and then just being like, 
can't eat this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember working when North Melbourne lost to Adelaide. I was yeah. working I was working at the supermarket. This is 97, 98, 90, 98. Because, yeah, 97, 98, they went back to back, yeah? Christ. Adelaide, yeah, but they beat St Kilda one year and then, That's right. yeah. yeah. But I remember I was working up until like half time. And so we were in front at half time, but they were playing it through the speakers of the of the um, supermarket. Oh, that's huge. I know. So I was so excited. And my dad picked me up in the half time. Oh, my mum picked me up, actually. Picked me up at half time. And then we fanged at home. And from the moment I got home, I don't think I watched us kick another goal. It was just <laughs> like Adelaide, just like, um, what's his name? Um, was that Darren Jarman? Darren yeah, Jarman, yeah, yeah, absolutely, like just annihilated us. It was so heartbreaking. So you should have stayed at the supermarket, really. Isn't I you? really should have, yeah. That Why was... did, your mum should have just turned around and driven you back. I'm <laughs> like that, though. I'm very superstitious when I don't watch the whole game and then turn it on and then the other team kicks a couple of goals. I'm like, all right, that's me. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the curse. I'm turning it off. I can't watch it. That's powerful. I, yeah. I like your ability to do that. There was a uh, we heard a story on here ages ago where there was a guy who was a Geelong supporter, and if the opposition got on a run, he would leave the stadium. Yeah, like, I'm not talking like turn the TV off. He would just then and walk laps. And if Geelong started to win, he wouldn't come back inside because he'd be like, if I come back in, yeah, it'll be over. And he'd just spend the rest of the game outside. And that is just, I respect that man. I cannot be that man, but I respect him. <laughs> yeah, I respect that. Yeah, oh, imagine his else. legs. Oh, ripped. <laughs> there would have been games where he's, oh man, his quads must be enormous. That's why he didn't like to sit down. He couldn't sit on those little plastic chairs at the MCG. <laughs> Do you know when they used to like show how far Nick Revolt had run in a game? Like he'd run like 18 kilometers. Yeah. They should have had the Fitbit on that guy. This guy. <laughs> he's the done 13 kilometers. Yeah. dude outside. <laughs> Just throwing, yeah, so what's the tracker saying? Well, some players out here have run 15Ks, but uh, Steve in uh, row 49, he's, he's gone 20 and he's not coming back. <laughs> um, well, yeah, like it's like when they were doing like the fan wall and stuff like that, and how they would do like um, like trackers and stuff. They should have just had heartbeat monitors on some of the fans. Yeah. Oh, on me. Fuck. Yeah, Sean, you'd get to like two sixty, I reckon, during a Brisbane uh, game. You'd see me die live on TV. The, the <laughs> fan wall was kind of sad though, because sometimes you'd have a team that just had like because they had like eight or ten spots, and sometimes there'd be just yeah. empty spots, and it just yeah. makes me yeah. sad. Like Gold Coast. <laughs> yeah. Ah. Uh, the the thing I also, I learned about the fan wall that I think ruined the fan wall forever is that a lot of the reactions not live. Oh I'd yeah. Film beforehand and be like, okay, now celebrate like your team's kicked a goal and yeah. celebrate again. I'm like, that's ruined it. That's mm. why it always felt inauthentic because often not barracking for anything. Yeah. It really was a pointless thing. I know why they because they copied the NBA because the NBA had the fan wall, but they actually had it side of the court so the players yeah. could actually see people cheering. Yeah. But even though. This is the thing that amazed me because they in the AFL they pumped in the crowd noise. Yeah. But in the is... in the NBA they pumped in the crowd noise, but only for the broadcast, not in the stadium. Mm. So the players didn't hear the crowd noise. They just yeah, heard well, music when they were running up and down. But it was like no, the AFL went no, no, we're gonna we're gonna play it in the ground for the for the people to playing to go. Oh wow, imagine if there was eighty thousand people here. <laughs> And yeah, because there'd be no, there'd be no difference between like a live crowd screaming and just hearing this tiny little yeah, like <laughs> especially like, I mean, we've pointed it out a bunch and everyone's noticed it. Occasionally, someone would fuck up with clearly the slider and the crowd would go ballistic for a yeah. behind. Hmm. <laughs> that was my, or when it would just cut off dramatically. Yeah, like yeah. clearly someone's just forgot to fade that out. They've just hit, yeah. <laughs> hit the button. 
So, Josh, you're a North yes. Melbourne supporter. Uh, yep. You grew up in Tasmania, in Bernie, in Tasmania. Yep. Uh, so, look at you knowing all the facts about Josh. I'm a great. I'm not even the host of this podcast. I'm just the informed one, I guess. Um, it's a nice change. Yeah, it's nice to know what I'm talking about. Uh, so, all those rumors a couple of years ago about North Melbourne moving to Tasmania. How did you feel about that? I look. I was. I don't want North Melbourne to move. Yeah. I'm also one of the few Tasmanians who. I'm not really pushing for us to get a team. So I've lived <laughs> through the Hobart Tassie Devils having a team. And it, unless we're winning, Tassie people can jump off pretty quickly. And the other thing in Tassie, we've all got our own teams. So yeah. Yeah. of course there'll be people who go, yeah, I'll go for Tassie. But there'll be a lot of people who are like, oh, they're my second team. Like my dad would not go for Tassie. He'd go for Carlton. My mum would go for Essendon. They're not going to change to Tassie. Well, they're not, yeah. they're not seven years old. They can't change. No, no, yeah. exactly. <laughs> That's it. exactly it, the TCs. Yeah, so yeah. I... <laughs> mum, dad, terrible news. Yeah. <laughs> I would be happy. That would be the best way to relocate. I don't want us to relocate, but if it went to Tassie, I'd be like, oh, well, that's, that's okay. And they kind yeah. of... With the women's team had like their yeah, foot yeah. in both camps there, so that was fun when the women's team because it was like, oh great, I get to go for a women's team and it's my home site, so that's that's yeah. lots of fun. But it's um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I and with the news this week that we're we're debt free, hopefully we're not forced to move anywhere anytime Yo. soon. Well, the fact that they've they've managed to fight it like eight times over, like when I was reading the articles about being debt free, it's like, and they're almost moved to Tassie and they're almost moved to the Gold Coast and they're almost fused with Hawthorne. And they're all yeah. like, geez, being a North fan must like, we all the last few months has been like, Oh, those Melbourne supporters have been hard done by it. But it, fuck being a North fan must be stressful. <laughs> yeah. Well, the first one was that I remember was the Fitzroy merger. We were almost mm. the Fitzroy kangaroos, whatever it was. And then the AFL said, no, cause you'd create a super team. <laughs> too powerful. Yeah, and that was then, like right up to the line. That was nearly yeah. through. Yeah, and then Brisbane, Brisbane ended up winning three flags in a row. So you know yeah. we could have won the f- three flags in a row. You probably like, won yeah. more. Yeah, because like <laughs> who was in the night? Like the late nineties North Melbourne team in the late nine. Oh wait, was it late night? No, it was a bit earlier than that. Hey, mid nineties. No, it was like it would have been ninety seven. Yeah, so it would have been still Carey and Archer and all those guys. Yeah, Carey, Archer, Sw- Schwass, Longmire, and then Michael Voss, and then you throw in. Alistair Lynch. No, no. Yeah, no Voss. Yeah. I don't Voss, Voss was Brisbane. Was, yeah. Brisbane, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'd yeah, be like Alistair, Alistair Lynch, no. Martin Pike, Chrissy Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. Big team. Paul Ruse probably would have stayed. Yeah. Oh, Ruse playing for the Ruse. It yeah. would have been perfect. Oh, brilliant. Fuck, that would have been good. Yeah. That team would still, like, I reckon it would be from 90, 1998 till present, uh, the amount of flags you would have won in a row. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love though that the worry was, oh no, we'll create a super team if we do that, and then both teams have endured. In Fitzroy's case, they just vanished. Yeah, and North have had this like road of like, can't make any money. Everyone forgets that they sometimes exist. Like the idea that, and this feels rude, um, saying to your face, but it's funny. <laughs> yeah, no. Here's the thing about so when so Melbourne win this year, and everyone's yeah. like, oh great, so great to see Melbourne win, like. They've been so bad for so long. So when, uh, like, Western Bulldogs won, I was like, oh, great. But no one likes North Melbourne. Like, North <laughs> Melbourne are hated by everyone else. Like, it's not like it's like even a, oh, I'd be good to see them win, like you're getting with St Kilda now. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's like, people are like, no, North Melbourne suck because they remember Wayne Carey dominating and yeah. how shit a bloke he is. 
Yeah. And so they was like, no, I'm going to – and they don't. They forget that we, we cut him loose. He did a shit thing. We're like, no, you, you can't play with then, us anymore. And then Adelaide came in and they were like, we'll take Wayne Gary. So really the true shit blokes. Yes. Adelaide Crows. As something always, we've Adelaide known, Crows. Something it's we've always the Crowbots. Yeah. Always the Crowbots. I, I mean, I know that I break for Essendon and we haven't won a final since 2004 or something. But in my head, I'm like, when did North Melbourne last make the finals? Even though I know it was far more recently than that. And I like North Melbourne. It was like four years ago we made the prelim. It was like yeah. we had prelim that- back to back, didn't yeah. we? Yeah. Well, yeah. the, the great the great one it, was it. I think it was against Essendon. Where uh, Petri Petri did the Frank the Tank, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I remember I was in Sydney and I did a gig, and then I was rushing back to the hotel. No, I was going to go to the pub to watch it, and then I looked at the score, and Sydney, I mean, um, Essendon were up by like four or five goals, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm not. I'm just going to go back to my hotel. Fuck this." And then when I was in the car, I was looking at the app and just watching us kick goal after goal, and so I got (laughs) the guy in the in the Uber to turn the turn the radio on so I could actually listen to it, and then I got and I remember. That final quarter, jumping on my bed in my hotel room. It was the best. <laughs> it was like, I've never been so excited for a game of football that I was on my own for. It was, yeah. I'm sorry, Joe, but it was so good. It was That's such okay. a good game. Well, if, if um, I remember correctly, though, no, yeah, no, that was the same year. You beat Essendon and then you came in and rolled Geelong and we went out in straight sets and I was real happy cool. about that. <laughs> that. Fucking rule. That was good. That then was the next year we beat Sydney. With Buddy, I remember that was a yep. big one where no one gave us any any chance yep. at all, and then we absolutely got pumped by I can't remember who who beat us like, but that's how we've gone out in all our prelims. It's like yeah, we've absolutely got flop, and that was when Brad Scott was doing the um the strategy of well, we're going to go in with this strategy, and we're either going to win or absolutely get flogged. And at <laughs> half time, we're getting flogged, and he just kept on doing the same strategy, going, "Hey, it's not working. Let's just try and mm. save some face." <laughs> yeah, what a coach! Uh, Who's been your favourite coach? Uh I Danny Laidley. I loved. <laughs> yeah. I loved Laidley. I loved Laidley as a player. I liked them as a coach. I I was at David Noble's uh, first game of AFL football when oh. he played. It was I can't remember who the teams were, but it was in Hobart, and Hobart is four hours out of Burnie. So my our family drove down. It was such a wet day. <laughs> they got beat. I think it was Fitzroy he was playing. They got beat by like 180 points. And Jesus we drove. We, and then we drove back. I, I remember the day was saved because the first time I ha- ever had McDonald's. Because I <laughs> had a McDonald's. <laughs> I remember that. And so that was the thing of going. Yeah, I was his like, he had one of two games. That was, I think, his first game. And then the next game, they also got absolutely pumped. And that was his yeah. entire AFL career. And then his first year coaching. We were getting beaten by so much all the time. Like this guy just <laughs> cannot win. Like it's so it's so sad. But Josh, this yes. year, how good? So a couple of wins, few and far between. But how good have the wins been? Ah, oh, was the thing. I, during all the COVID stuff, I really did like, and the fact that my team was not good, I just kind of didn't watch any football. It was really interesting. Going, I've watched it my whole life. Yeah, and then I got really into the finals, so I didn't watch us win a game this year. Like oh. I just, I just missed it. Like this is the thing. So when COVID first hit in 2020, we were yeah, we were undefeated, two wins in a row. It was. I'm like, call, <laughs> call the right. yeah. call the season. It's done. We're on top. We'll just give it to us. We'll we'll take the premiership. And then we came back, and I don't think any team 
like took COVID as bad as we did. Like we were, we fired like nine players, did it in a bad way where they did it in the hotel and then had to make, made them walk past all the families on their way out. It was just oh. really bad. And yeah. then, and then this year, look, the only saving grace was Ben Brown was my favorite player for North Melbourne. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things because I'm now older than all the players. So yep. it does feel weird about having a favorite player. <laughs> <laughs> For a long time, Brent Harvey was my favorite player because he was older and shorter than I was. And it was always that thing of going, there's hope. If he can make it, I could still, at 35, mate, might still get a run. Yep. <laughs> ben Brown was my favorite. And I was lucky enough to interview him. The Comedy Festival did this thing where they put um, comedians with their team and it was like they played them three times throughout the year on the big screen at their home games. And there's only like four North Melbourne um, com- like supporting comedians. And I was lucky I was available. And so I <laughs> uh, interviewed uh, like Magic Door and um, who else was it? Tarrant and someone else. I can't remember who it was now. And they were like, it was like interviewing high school kids. It was like they, yeah. they had their own little <laughs> clicks and they were kind of like a bit shy and nervous about it and they make little jokes and go, oh, you can't use that. Oh, oh. And then the guy who was the like their kind of publicist for the club, uh, he was saying, oh, look, we've got Ben Brown. Like, he's a weird cat goat. Like, he's like you won't get much out of him. He's a really interesting guy. He's like, a bit different. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, just so just – he was the nicest, most normal guy. <laughs> like, because he's from Tassie, so I was like, oh, I'm also from Tassie. He's from Devonport. I'm from Burnie. We're like rival towns. <laughs> and I was just talking about that. He's really into Doctor Who. He's got a philosophy degree. I'm like – this guy's normal. Like all these other guys are the ones who are harder to talk to and get anything out. <laughs> this guy's the most normal guy at your club. And then so seeing him win this year, it was like I took that as a win because I was like, mm. oh, he's, he's my favorite player. He's still my favorite player in the AFL. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, my favorite player in the AFL uh, used to be my favorite player in the, my, uh, my team. Uh, also, we didn't play in the uh, grand final, but uh, Mitch Brown went from Essendon to Melbourne. So he's winning now too. Yeah. Uh, ben Brown, Mitch Brown, not related. Like to think of them as brothers, regardless. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's always fun when you see like the players. So it was like there's a few players who lead the club that you know. I hope they don't succeed. Like the yeah. big one for me was Daniel Wells, possibly the greatest player I've seen live play for North Melbourne. Mm-hmm. I, I I was living in Tassie when like Carey and all that was playing, and I never got to see Glen Archer. But Daniel Wells was so skillful. But it was so frustrating because he played like he was playing at seventy percent the entire time, and he's just yeah. like, just just turn it on for the entire yeah. game, and it would be great. And so when he went to Collingwood, I'm like, oh, he's gonna, he's just gonna, it's just gonna click, and he's just gonna absolutely annihilate us every time. Luckily, his legs didn't hold up. So <laughs> <laughs> you forget there's, there's players like that who, you, like, you forget that Wells was so so fucking good when he was on, and then yeah. I think. Being at Collingwood, you just go. I I forget that he was a player. Like he had that Jackie Chan goal of the year. That was yeah. Wells, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Like that's cooked. Yeah. He's he sounds like the like the seventy percent thing. He's like the Nick Kyrgios of football. My yep. philosophy is that if Nick Kyrgios ever applied even more than sixty percent of his energy to tennis, he'd be world number one. Yeah. But he doesn't, and he never will. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's so frustrating. So my brother, his friend, played in the waffle and played with Wells when he was like sixteen, seventeen. Yeah, and like my brother's friend was like early thirties and was like, "I've just played with a future Brownlow medalist. He's he was so good, even yeah. even as a sixteen year old, 
and just so skillful that like oh once he gets the AFL he'll actually absolutely clean up and unfortunately yeah he never did yeah I feel like he was like 32 though when he went to Collingwood and they gave him like yeah. a three year deal or some ridiculous thing like that yeah it was like I can't remember how much it was but it was a lot of money because I remember tweeting three year deal for Daniel Wells would be eight games like <laughs> <laughs> and I don't even think he got there <laughs> What did you get for him? Or was he a free agent? That was the year that we just pretty much sacked a whole bunch of like so that was the year that Harvey went, Petrie went. Here's oh, the other thing. Yeah. So Harvey, like cause that was the year after I so that was the year before I did the um interviews with them. And one of my yep. jokes was like, Brent Harvey's gone from the club. Was it hard to get the old man smell out of the lockers? <laughs> and they're like, no, he's still got his locker here. He still comes in, he uses the gym, he trains. <laughs> and I'm like, you just go. Like just I've been yeah. sat from jobs. You don't go back going, oh, yeah, but I want to use the want to use the facilities. I want to get something out of the canteen. Just, just fuck off. Just leave. Yeah. <laughs> well, now he's back as the runner with the biggest guns in the history of football. Yeah. He never, he never left. He just, no. That's true. He's not, yeah, he's not back. That's what he's been doing in the gym. He's just been putting on the runner's kit and working out in the hope that one day David Noble, who's new, will just mistake yeah. him for the runner. Yeah. And then it works. And now he's the runner. He's been sleeping in his locker. <laughs> yeah. Well- this is um like I'm honestly like maybe we just haven't heard about it and this has been like secretly hush hush but North Melbourne have like put a like squashed it a bit which is I mean it's just come out recently that Shane Mumford uh, has put himself up for mid season draft nominee if uh, if GWS need him basically maybe Brent Harvey's been trying to do that every year and they're just like Brent <laughs> no every mid season draft is just like what do you reckon coach oh yeah feeling yeah. pretty good. Here's my beat test results. Uh, here's my, my leap. Uh, I can still. I kicked ten goals the other day. Yeah. I'm ready to go, coach. So my my other connection to the club is that Brady Rawlings is also from Devonport, and we're the same age. And we used to play football against each other, but more we used to play basketball against each other, and not just again, but actually on each other. We would both have to pick up the other one, and we had the exact same shoes, and we'd always talk about, oh wow, you got the. The tennis Reebok pumps is what we both wore. <laughs> but he wasn't, like, when we played football together, he wasn't, like, the star footballer, like, no. for his school team. Like, there was another guy called Connor O'Sullivan. I still remember his name, who was the absolute <laughs> gun footballer. And Brady, he was good, but he wasn't, like, tearing us up all the time. Yeah. And then when he got drafted, I was like, oh, that's so weird that a guy I know and have talked <clears throat> to is in the AFL. And then he became one of my favourite players ever because he's just the classic North Melbourne, just does his role, yep. doesn't complain, doesn't really get accolades and just and plays for like 12, 13, 15 years. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a few. I think, that's the, I think that's the thing, the North Melbourne thing, is I think you had the 90s where it was all like swagger and pike punching, but like just madness. <laughs> yeah. And then I think the new North Melbourne model is just underrated, Role players just getting shit. Like I didn't realize. I saw a stat the other day about Ben Cunnington. It nearly blew my head off. <laughs> it was like players oh, yeah. who had uh, twenty or more contested possessions in a game from '99 to like 2021. Yeah, right. it's North like Melbourne. you know this player's done it two times or whatever. <laughs> Cunnington has done it 21 times. I know. And if you ask. Me to like if you played his voice in a "This Is Your Life," I would not be able to pick what his voice sounds like. <laughs> He's never interviewed. He doesn't do any of that kind of stuff. Ah. He's just, um, he just gets in and does the job. Yeah, yeah. looks forty. <laughs> North Melbourne at the moment have the energy of like 
they're like the tradey equivalent of AFL players. They're all just like, get in, get the job done, get out yeah. of there. Yeah. You can also imagine them eating a pie. <laughs> but this, oh, this, so when Brad Scott came on as coach, he really wanted to like kind of get rid of that shin boner spirit mentality, which yeah. is so, I, I, it was so weird. Like, going, no, that's, that's one of the few things our clubs, it's kind of fun, the shin boner spirit. What's, yeah. what's it mean? Oh, when you were like all butchers. But like you were like rough and ready when you were butchers, and I'm like, just keep that. Like it's actually fun, yeah. like to have that old, old traditions. But he's like, nah, we don't talk about the shin bonus spirit at the club anymore. Like move on. But then in his final years, they they brought it back quite heavily because they went, oh yeah, we better better should bring back the shin boners. <laughs> well, the fact that like he didn't yet while he was there, they had the shin boner of the century award. Yeah. like the, he was must have just like every day. I just like to imagine him walking into that club and just like an angry school teacher ripping off like posters of shin boners at Brent. <laughs> Harvey had put up overnight. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the reason that we turned around on North Melbourne so heavily recently is that uh, one of our friends, uh, Ryan, friend of the show, uh, started getting very heavily back. So he's been a North Melbourne boy his whole life, but he had also sort of fallen off footy recently. And this year he was like, nah, getting back into it and uh, started a Facebook group chat with us, which was called Shin Boners, but Boners was all in capital letters. and. My footy tips from that moment onwards fell off because I believed that North Melbourne could beat anyone. We all did. <laughs> we all did. Like, you can actually see it. There's like a point where, you know, we're all doing pretty good and then round 12 hits and it's about when the group chat started and then all of a sudden, <laughs> every week, we're just, yeah, now we believe Cam Zerhau's going to kick 10. That about, game... That half time during most of the games in the back end of the season, though, you would have been going, oh, we're actually going to get up here. No, yeah. we didn't. That game where North Melbourne lost to Richmond and Richmond kicked like eleven goals in the last quarter or whatever, I think all of us had gone uh, had gone North Melbourne because we were just like we talked ourselves like Richmond are actually shit. Everyone thinks they're good this year, but they're actually shit. Yeah, North Melbourne so underrated. Yeah, they've only won two or three games a season, but they've lost like six close ones. So yeah. that's basically nine wins. And Richmond are so shit. <laughs> there was the year that we lost like so many like come from behind victories. It was like just the most fr- – and it was that thing of like we just would shit ourselves in the last two minutes of every game. That It was when Brad Scott was coach and like their training was just, all right, it's two minutes to go, we're down by a goal, and that's what they do for training, like every training session. And yeah. still did not win a game uh, when it was <laughs> down to like three points either way with a minute to go. It was so frustrating. Mm. Yeah, I think if my memory serves me correctly – as a Geelong supporter, I think there was a period where Geelong and North played in like five or six games decided by under a goal, and in most of them, Chris Scott came from behind and gave his brother a noogie, yeah. basically the <laughs> football equivalent of a noogie. So, <laughs> I remember Geelong was probably the first time I actually cried watching my team lose, which was the Gary Ablett mark over McMartin. I was yeah. such a, I was so sad that day. I was like 12 <laughs> years old and just like, yeah. My um my my uncle goes for North, and in the same way that like, oh yeah, he's a North supporter. Oh yeah, okay. I just never knew he liked football. He's just very quiet, and then all of a sudden he's like, yeah, I go for North Melbourne. In that you don't know who goes to North Melbourne until you know. Yeah. Um. But I remember we went to the '07 qualifying final with him. Where maybe my family being Geelong, him being North, like no, nah, come with us. He's like, oh great, this will be really good. I'll come with you guys, and um. I just got to watch my uncle like die in real time. It yes, was, <laughs> it was so just. But again, just like a, I think 
the North Melbourne vibe. Just kind of was like, yeah, that's all right. You know, we'll, we'll have another crack. I reckon it's a great club to barrack for if you, like, want to get a real lesson in what the world's like. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you think it's going to be good, but it just beats you over the head all the time. So just go into it with no expectation. And every every win is a bonus. Well, when we had Broden on talking about Melbourne, because um, he's roughly, I think he's in his early 30s. Yeah. Uh, so when he was in high school, it was when Melbourne were just losing every week. Uh, and he didn't realize until he got a little bit older that there was a lot of boys that he just went to high school with, the bag for like a Essendon or like a Hawthorne, who just had a much happier life than he did solely because of football. <laughs> yeah. Because- he just, they just had like a base level of, oh, my team won on the weekend. So I'm coming into a Monday feeling pretty good about that. Where yeah. Broden was rolling in being like, I lost by 150 points. Yeah, I have the thing. Uh, <laughs> anyone who's my age, I'm 40, who who goes for Hawthorne, I'm like, does your whole family go for Hawthorne? Or did you just choose the team that was on top like in 89? Yeah. Like it's just, <laughs> nah, don't, I don't believe you go for Hawthorne. Or any decade, really. Yeah. Like, did you? Oh, did you just go for them in the nineties when they got good? Or did you just yeah. go for them in the early two thousands? Like, Tom, you're yeah, very, very close to the danger period as a Geelong man for that uh, accusation being leveled at you. I am. However, I think the reason mm. it doesn't is because I had to cop those two absolute thrashings in the ninety four um, grand final of ninety two. Oh, yeah. What, yeah. Yeah. When oh, you yeah. were. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 You remember them well, do you? Uh, yeah. Uh, so, Tom, sorry, the ninety, was... the ninety three grand final when you were or ninety four. Sorry, how old? Uh, which grand final was it? Essendon uh, won ninety three. So been three. Um, yeah. yeah, that's cool. It's fine. Uh, you know. Yeah, but I think as a club, because we had that whole era where we had like those great players in the <laughs> Ablett Juniors and Ablett Seniors, and we didn't win a flag, and then Malcolm Blight left and immediately won a flag, um, and then we just kind of putted through the two thousands. Like I was, look again. My team has been successful, so it is oh, here a we bit go. rich. The typical Geelong arrogance is seeping through again. Coming mate. from yeah. me, but, you know. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We all barrack for teams that have been battling recently. Uh, North Melbourne haven't won a flag since 99. Yeah. Yep. Fuck you, Tom. You've never known lean times, mate. <laughs> I have. I you have, haven't, there was, though. There was a period of lean How times. How old where, were you? Where, like, in the early 2000s. Hey, I had to come to school in year eight or year nine, the day after Nick Davis killed my heart. And my mates had filled my locker with cutouts from the Geelong advertiser of the score. Jeez, and that's pretty. That's locker, pretty rough. And they all fell out. And um, yeah, it was. It was pre- I had to be like, that's "Oh, right. it's a pretty good prank," and then have a cry in the toilet. <laughs> Did you win the flag the next year? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> no, yes. there was a, year, a gap. There was a gap. Ah, oh. because there was the 05 loss. Bomber Thompson nearly got sacked, and then the 07. Yeah, it was um, funny. It was every two years, 07, 09, and 11, you guys. Yeah. Yeah. It was It was a weird ride because the 07 one came off the back of Geelong losing an unlosable game against North in Geelong, yeah. I think. Win back-to-back um, back or a three-peat, you coward. Hey, <laughs> fuck you. Three out of five ain't bad, mate. Yeah, no, it is pretty solid. Do you know, you probably know this story, Sean, but when uh, Brisbane lost its four, like lost going to win four and then lost, have you heard what Lee Matthews did to the players? Before so, or after? After. No. Straight after the game, they're all sitting there. He comes storming in and just rips through them all and says, you guys fucked up my legacy. Oh. Like, yeah. <laughs> didn't, didn't think how they were feeling. Just went into them going, this was my legacy. I was going to win four in a row and you guys took it away from me. Oh. Fuck See, hell. I've, <laughs> I've blacked a lot of that out. So I've said this on the show to these guys before, but I was in. Story. 
I was on a year nine school trip in Central Australia when the grand final was on, and we were at like a birds of a bird sanctuary, and I was up the back with my headphones in listening to the radio. And I remember Byron Pickett kicking a goal on the run in the last quarter to like put him up by 40 points. Yeah. And I just walked off into the desert and dropped my MP3 player on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> and I've never watched it. I've, I've, years later, I watched the first half with my brother, yeah. but I've, I've stopped it. I've never watched it and I never will. Hurts too much. I definitely watched the 2001 loss. <laughs> but yeah, Tom. You got to stop trying to come to everyone's level where you're like, yeah, I've struggled yeah, but then, too. But then, it's okay, then Tom. I don't, you, you've been I, successful. I, okay, if I, all right, it's not. I'm not every say, situation, I'm Tom. Say, Tom, not every yes. situation is a win-lose situation for you. Okay. Unfortunately, there's no win here for you. To oh. back your up, win Tom, is no. your win is you've won three grand finals out of a possible five yeah. at some point. It's great to get you back, though, Tom. Not as in I've got you back. This is what I mean. So <laughs> this year, this year, we, North Melbourne play, had a terrible year. Okay, rebuilding year. But then the night before the grand final, you know how they always play great grand finals. No, during the day they were playing these great grand finals, yep. and it's always the '89 grand final. So you're always turning on grand final day and seeing Geelong lose in the best grand final in history. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, they they love that one. And then if they're doing the um. If they're doing the Hawthorne double, we'll also cop the 08 one, which is the unlosable one that we lost. Yeah. Mm. Well, this year, North Melbourne, was over. they played the Adelaide beating North Melbourne 98 one. I'm like, what are you doing to us? You never play this one. This one has been <laughs> lost to the record book. And, like, just play. Like, we lost the Melbourne North Melbourne breakfast, which was big for the club for some money. We couldn't have that. They had it, but it was no one there. So like, what's yeah. the point? And then you play. It's like just, just let us let's let us die with some dignity. It's just let us let <laughs> well, us forget about like, it. That was like, um, yeah, because like obviously, I mean, Essendon have known huge success in my lifetime in the year two thousand, which I was young but not young enough to not remember this. Uh, we played like one of the most. Like, just, like, steamrolled an entire season. Like, not only did we win 21 out of 22 games and then win every final we played, no team really even really came close to us except for that loss. But then also the drug saga happens, and then from that point onwards, the media are just allowed to dig their boots into Essendon as much as they like, as often as they like. So I can just be watching something and being like, oh, this is a nice moment, and then all of a sudden they'll just be like, Hey, yeah, well done, 150 games, Kale Hooker. Here's the footage of him trying to run after Lance Franklin and cooking it. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I Essendon are my least favorite team. That's fair enough. But and but, it, it was way before the drug scandal. It was because yeah. all of my mum's side of the family go for Essendon. Yeah, and they're all the worst kind of supporters. Where oh yeah, like you only hear about them when they're winning, and mm. it's like it's it was there. And my uncle still is very adamant that they did nothing wrong. It was all like, like <laughs> they abided by the rules, but then the rules changed, and it wasn't to them. And it was like, just admit, okay, you you went over the rules. You just did yeah. the wrong thing. You shredded all the paperwork, so you obviously, you know, had something you're trying to hide. Yeah, yeah. I, I look, I shred documents that are important routinely <laughs> all the time. Like just. Oh, this document's only a month old. Better shred it for safety. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do love. I think. One of the things that, that I love about the whole, we did the right thing and then the rules changed. It's like, yeah, but then years later, the guy in charge of the program was shot at by bikies. Surely mm. that tells you at this point. Surely at this point, that guy, you like, maybe, maybe <laughs> we did this a little bit to ourselves. Jeez, I tell you, Joel, Tom's really piling in on your club tonight. Oh, yeah. fuck, see, this is it. <laughs> if, I, if, I, if I get a bit, you know, that's why I've got to try to play down the Geelong thing. But at the end of the day, 
Yeah, my team is the most successful team on this podcast. That's fine. <laughs> oh, what? what? How? Recently. Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah. How many straight sets have you gone out in recently, though, Tom? Ah, uh, yeah, we did yeah. it two years in a row. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we became the first team in the modern era of that, like, final system of straight sets losses. Yeah, that was we've, that, yeah, we've that done North game. two out of three. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. It was Come on, Fags. That North game was cooked. Give me a flag. That that North straight south loss was cooked because I was at that game and I remember vividly that North was smashing us and then Tom Hawkins just was like, right, well, no one else is doing anything because we were woeful. And I think he kicked like five or six goals in like the back half of the third quarter and the start of the fourth quarter to try to get the game back in. Um and I made, made Scotty Thompson's brain explode. Yeah, yeah. Tom, as much as I believe you that... Uh, he kicked. I'm gonna look it up. Yeah, I'm sure he kicked a couple of goals on a run to try and lift yeah. the team, but I do not believe that one man kicked six goals in the yeah. back half of one quarter and the start of the so, next. Yeah. Also, Josh, Tom, sometimes we don't sometimes I get accused of like maybe adding a bit of mayo to stuff, but I don't know if yeah. it's true. Hey, Tom. I, Tom Hawkins, I really like him as a player because once he came to my f- comedy festival show, and oh. I don't oh. get, I never get like starstruck by like other comedians or actors or musicians and all that, but but when it's AFL footballers, I do, and I saw him in the crowd because he. You know, he's a big guy. He kind of stands out. And I really had to go, oh, oh, and just move on because I'm like, this is a show that if I called out a footballer, my audience, they were not going to know who he was. That was like, <laughs> oh, that's a footballer. The other time was when Glenn Manton was backstage at a gig I was doing. And I was like, oh, my God, you're oh, Glenn Manton. Oh, I've got to call my dad. Oh, oh. <laughs> Did you find your stat, Tom? Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> was it yeah. two goals in a row? No, it was... Um, he didn't was, play, did he? No, no, he did. He basically... I looked at the result and it was like six points um, and Hawkins kicked three goals in a row from like the five-minute mark to the 16-minute mark of the fourth quarter. Um, I think he kicked six for the game total. So I wasn't that completely wrong. Is, like, I mean, when you look at... I mean, at I was what, wrong. You, like, I was yeah, completely yeah, incorrect. Yeah. <laughs> but, Tom, you know. Tom, do you mind if we just talk about North Melbourne for a bit? Sorry. Oh, yeah, is that okay with you? Sorry. I do think that North is – they remind me a lot of Brisbane when Chris Fagan joined as coach, where we had a five-win season. And then th- this season for them, the most recent one, reminded me of Brisbane's second year with Fagan. We still won five games, but we lost like another seven or eight by like under two goals. Yep. And then we, I think the very next season we made the jump to like top four. Yeah. I'm not saying that's going to happen for North, but like the signs in the back half of the year were fucking huge. It, it's actually good. I mean, North Melbourne have been one of these clubs who, for the 2000s, couldn't really like bottom out and rebuild because they were in so much debt. They were just obviously worried about losing memberships, losing supporters, yeah. and losing sponsors. That they were like, oh, we've got to try and stay in there the whole time, which would have been so hard for Brad Scott as a coach going, well, we can't rebuild, but we've got to try to. And I think they did that when they got rid of all the like, like more veteran players with the year they got rid of Harvey and Petrie and all that and tried yeah. to rebuild, but do a mini rebuild, which never really works unless yeah. you're Geelong. But, um, <laughs> but this year, Shut now, up, now when they've done with Noble, I'm like, I hope, cause this was the plan all along to go, all right, we're going to bottom out, but we'll get some good young players, try and build the culture in the club and try and, you know, not do a, we're going to tank and get like, but just try and build up a culture of trying to win and playing hard and stuff like that. Yeah, but I hope 
they don't halfway through this season if we're like back on like three wins halfway through the season they don't just go all right it's not working with noble let's start again because you see it happen all the time with like yep. St Kilda are doing this for the last like eight years whatever it's so when they're just always changing over changing a new strategy all right five year plan but now we're going to start a new five year plan three years into the last five year plan so I hopefully noble gets and it, it's been a good time to do this with the whole covid and stuff because it's like yeah you know viewership is down and you can't have as many people in the ground so you don't have to worry about all right we're not not getting that uh gate money so it's hopefully yeah i'm, I'm hopefully we're like brisbane in three years time surely mm. most clubs now would be looking at carlton and how much they've just fucked up the last 10 years yeah. and be like we need to not do this because look Everyone hates Carlton. Other teams, their own fans, the media—they're like the laughing stock. And it's because they keep doing that. Like they keep yeah. being like, "Oh, yep. this coach isn't immediately propelling us into top six. Yeah. Well, I was really worried with the whole Jordan Dugowie stuff. Going, I hope we don't pick him up. I hope it, that's not the kind of move that we make because we're kind of a bit desperate. Go, oh, let's get a a star player, even though a he seems to be. Yeah, he seems by to troubled, be I mean potentially the world's biggest piece of shit. Yeah. Allegedly. <laughs> and just guy having someone like that with a bunch of young players would just be yeah. the worst move. Yeah. Yeah, big but time. The other hand, maybe the best move is, I don't know, swooping in and taking an established midfielder from another <laughs> club because they delist him accidentally. Oh yeah. How oh, great's that? The oh. the wife found out about it. <laughs> yeah, it's like she was listening to SEN and went, hey, called up David Noble, hey, you you should do something here. They've just and he's like, "All right, let's do it." He was about to get on. He was about to get on a plane, or was just landed, and it's like, "Oh, finally, we're doing something that's really smart." He's he's actually perfect for your like. He's look at what he's done at the Suns. Yeah, just because he's a big-bodied midfielder who will just take a hit so that a younger, smaller like. A guy like Jai Simkin is going to love Hugh Greenwood being in that side. But I don't understand why Gold Coast... I, look, I understand the cap space and all that kind of stuff, but why they thought no one was going to try and pick him up. I think they were like, oh, surely no one will try in North Wales. <laughs> it's like, do you know, in cricket when, you know, you do whatever it is and the batter up the other end kind of runs off the mark and then instead of bowling it, they just knock the bales yeah, off. Yeah, and it's, mad cat. And, yeah. yeah, that's what... Yeah, and it's like, oh, it's, it's not really in the... The sport, like it's not really yeah. in the, like the gentleman's agreement. Did they think that's what this was? It was like, oh, we'll yeah. delist it, but no one will because they know we're going to resign him. It's just yeah. makes no yeah. sense. Yeah, I think, I think they, especially because they left it pretty late in this whole process. I think they were just mm-hmm. hoping that, yeah, they were just like, well, no one's really paying attention to footy news. Some clubs are going back to preseason, <laughs> they're not really going to be. <laughs> Not, and North Melbourne are like, life. oh, yeah. All over it. <laughs> yeah. But Tom, Tom looked this up last week. Greenwood was their number two ranked player at Gold Coast. Like, if you're going to, for the list management strategy, pick any other player to just put on the rookie list or whatever. It's so stupid. It is is possibly the most Gold Coast thing of all time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Easily the most Gold Coast thing of all time. But I also think it's a pretty cheeky North Melbourne thing of all time. It's good. Is Gold Coast, are they going to stick around? I know the AFL doesn't lose much. Like, everything they've done has kind of, benefited and grown the sport. But this does seem like something that they're just not going to get right until the club wins a premiership because people in, in Queensland do not do not care about the Gold Coast Suns. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. they've got the, the Southport Sharks, it was to the football club there, which is like 
one of these clubs, which is they say, oh, we've got 50,000 members, but it's a membership. It's cost five bucks to get into there. It's like the RSL, so they're a member yeah, of the yeah. club. <laughs> but they don't really care about the Southport Sharks. No. no it's, 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 yeah. It's the, the, the thing, the most interesting thing I learned about the Gold Coast was at work once we had a, um, Travis Old come in and talk about creating that club from the ground up. And people were like, oh, well, was it hard to try to find, like, you know, you're competing with rugby. And he was like, no, on the Gold Coast, you're not competing with rugby. You're competing with theme parks. Yeah. Because we need to be a more appealing option for a weekend trip. So, like, when they designed Metricon and, like, built the membership base, they based it off, like, the Disneyland model of things. (laughs) Like, people just, like, I've got friends who live in Queensland now who, one of them was a Geelong supporter. He moved up there and started going for the Suns because Ablett was there. Yeah. The amount of free shit he gets sent for, like, the basis level membership is insane. Like, jumpers and, like, yeah, he, you want to come to the best and fairest? 20 bucks. Let's go. He's a four-course <laughs> dinner at a beautiful place and it costs $20. And, oh, he, do you want to meet? Here, Took Miller's going to sit on your table. There you go. Oh, isn't that lovely? Like, they're just they're trying so hard. Yeah. Tom, was your friend seven years old? No, he's a... <laughs> yeah, yeah, because... Uh, he's a full-grown man. Yeah. Big TC. He, yeah. He he kept his Geelong membership, but he wanted to be able to go to the footy while he was up on the up up in Queensland. Double dipping. If so you ask him, dipped. yeah. If you ask him who he barracks for, what does he say? He probably says Gold Coast now because I think he's been up there for so long that you know he's he's followed that club and which I think is admirable because they suck and it'd be so much easier to say I follow Geelong, especially when Ablett moved back. My brother's in Adelaide. He goes for Essendon. Yeah, but he's he has Adelaide membership, so he can go to the games. And he'll wear Adelaide gear at normal Adelaide home games, but he'll wear his Essendon gear when they play Essendon there. Mm. And so it's he's got the same people sitting around him every week. And then one week he just rocks up <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck's going on here? Like, <laughs> How long has he been doing that for and how has he not been murdered? Yeah, about three years now. Like, yeah, it's like, he'd say, I'm like, just, I understand Go, but just don't wear the Bombers gear when you're in the Adelaide I would, like, members. I would do the opposite. Just not wear Adelaide gear because then at least mm. you're not tricking anyone. So when you roll <laughs> in with Essendon the gear, Bombers they're like... Gear. Just... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be so funny because the first time the people around would have realised would have been like, oh, did you lose a Batmate? And he'd be like, nah. Yeah. <laughs> Love <laughs> no, the Bombers. They're, they're Fuck Adelaide. <laughs> oh, he would have been there probably for that game a couple of years ago with the Mitch Brown four goals or whatever it was. Yeah, so but it's uh, on from behind. It's probably uh, easier to lie. Like, remember that time, Joel, you wore a Sydney Swans beanie to a music <laughs> festival, and a Swans fan talked to you. Yeah, no, it yeah. wasn't even a Swans fan. It was just a football oh. fan. Oh. Terrible, this, mate. I had a cold head. Uh, <laughs> disgraceful, though, because you could have said, oh, "I'm just wearing it because I've got a cold head." But instead, what did you do, Joel? You made him think you were you were part of the Swans. Mm. You, he thought he found a comrade. He was he an Essendon supporter, wasn't he? Wasn't yes. that the thing? He yes, was he a was an Essendon supporter. <laughs> Worse every time I remember it. Tom, I was at a urinal when he spoke to me, and I was in no state to say anything that wasn't <laughs> yes or no. Was this at Meredith? No, it was at uh, Ability Fest, maybe? Because my friend um, Damien uh, was always like intrigued but what... What beanies are going to make their way at Meredith? And he's like, yeah. for a while, it was like a lot of Richmond beanies. And then he said, I'm seeing more and more Melbourne Demons beanies at Meredith Music Festival. And he goes, mm. I don't know if I like this. I don't know if I like those, those supporter base coming. Mm. Like, yeah. Gentrification <laughs> of Meredith Music yeah. Festival. <laughs> North Melbourne beanies would go down a treat there, I reckon. Yeah, mm. I, I reckon the best of all the football jerseys, 
and it's, it's a different code, but the the Parramatta eels with the pure milk, the green with the pure milk. <laughs> yeah. No, all, yeah, Parramatta, yeah. I saw a guy wearing that in a cafe once, and I went, that's a cool top. Like, that yeah. is a really cool just just jersey to wear. I recently bought a Washington Bullets Manute Bowl jersey, like, who is, for those who don't know, seven foot seven. I'm five foot seven. I just think it's funny to wear <laughs> wear that around. <laughs> um, I'm now trying to think of like, like if I just saw someone in like at a music festival or something wearing a jersey or a beanie. What the best? I mean, obviously Essendon for me because I could be like, oh, Essendon fan, but also common. I think if I saw someone at Meredith in like a muddy North Melbourne jersey, like yeah. it looked like, <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, good stuff. Oh, just something like a real old, like random, just sporting club from like. When you know, like clubs occasionally do that weird thing where they get like, like how Bulldogs do that thing where they had the Thor Guernsey, Marvel. Like, just find a club who did a one-off like promotional thing. Like Hawthorne did that one where they had the spots. Just someone wearing that, like a one-off promotional sellout Guernsey secondhand. Speaking of jumpers, North Melbourne is a big, big cross. They've brought out. Have you seen the new North Melbourne jumper for this year? It's got like a cartoon kangaroo on it. It's so bad. Oh, Oh, that's. It looks real bad. Pump. Yeah, it really is. It's a bad, bad jumper. Oh, but we're just going to talk about how they look like they're going to win everything because they're out of debt and they're, they're Danny Laley's back at the club and the team's getting the first pick and then they're rolling out a shit jumper. It was the 96 grand final we won. We were wearing the uh, kangaroo on the front of the jumper. It was like not the traditional jumper as well, which always sucks. It's like, can't, like just for the grand final, just wear the, just wear the traditional jumper. I don't know so, if you guys can see this, but this is when you wore the uh, the orange jumper. Oh. <laughs> I don't know Peter what Bell? that was for. Yeah, yeah Peter, Peter Bell. Bell. Yeah. So your home guernsey is the same. Yeah. I can't find anything with the away jumper on. Uh, I'll try and find it. I'm in a footy uh, chat group and they post. Oh, uh, is it, is it the away? The, it's like, looks like that. It's got the big rule on yeah, it. Yeah, got that dumb rule on it. Yeah. I see. I miss the Argentina jumper, the super super light blue. Oh, I didn't mind that one, but just wear the the royal blue is what we call it. It's good stuff. Go. I've I've ended up on a big footy forum about what jumpers should look like instead. So <laughs> this is my weekend. Just sort of. Oh, these look like shit. <laughs> <laughs> they look terrible. Oh, okay. yeah. That's that's not fun. Mm. At least give him a cool, like a mullet or something. Yeah. Like at least give him a Zerha haircut or something so that people can get around him. I think Zerha's bleached his hair, by the way. Yeah, I just saw that. That's always a, mm. a cry for help. That's when you need to say, you okay, mate? You all right? <laughs> well, not necessarily. It's either that or he's going to he's going to 200. <laughs> I, I do like it in the current AFL. All you need to be a cult figure is a bit of a wacky hairdo. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I... I've got to ask you on the wacky hairdo things because I get very upset about it. How do you feel as a North Melbourne supporter, which is probably the most working man's working club of all time, <laughs> how do we feel about the gentrification of the working class man's haircut in the mullet and it's just private schoolboys playing footy? It kills me. It just kills me. Yeah, I I would never get one. Every time I go get my haircut now, they're like, hey, do you want to grow this out? I'm like, absolutely not. Like, I <laughs> I was around the first time and I don't want another one. <laughs> Evolution was the beards came back. And yep. then it was just, this was the next thing, really. 
Yeah, it's just, um. I don't. I don't mind it on a player who like, like, Zerha's got one. It feels like he should have one. Yeah, a country boy. Yeah, yeah. Like there, there are players that have them, and you're like, oh, that's just how your hair is. And then there's like, like I've got a lot of time for Bailey Smith, but his hair is a bit too like. That's it's too nice. Yeah, he's like the guy. From, what's the guy from Stranger Things? The lifeguard who. Yes, that's <laughs> yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Um, I don't remember his name, but the actor's name is Darkray Montgomery. So yeah, that's a fun right. Fact for you. <laughs> That's, they, a real, um, that's a name that I know. Yeah, it's uh kind of falls into the... Look, I don't want to call anyone out here. I respected their earning money, but it's the same as Amel and the Sniffers. The Melbourne-based band, <laughs> two of them are Gucci models. They got paid $100,000. They're not working class. Can I just say, if someone offered to pay us at Hogan's Footy $100,000 to model for Gucci, I'd fucking do it yes, in a heartbeat. Absolutely. Yep. But um, I'd sell out so hard if someone gave me the chance. Yeah, yeah. but one, I'd like burn I said, a lot of you. Nothing wrong with that, but just I'm with Joel. It's then stop pretending though that you're yeah. still working class. Oh, I would. Yeah, yeah, like, I'd go. I'd lean all the way in. I'd yeah, yeah. From start, start wearing suits. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd see you on the street, and you'd be like Tom. I'd be like, sorry, you're too poor for me to know you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so <laughs> to bring us home, uh, so. Tom, obviously, uh, everyone can email us at haggardsfooty at gmail.com. Last week, you put a call out for some emails. And we got a really, really nice email from someone we haven't heard from for a while uh, that I think is just going to be a perfect way to end the show. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So this is from Becca Mountain. Oh, introduced us to, so just for you, Josh, uh, Becca Mountain and her sister live in the States and introduced us to one of the greatest AFL, <laughs> USA AFL teams of all time, which is the Atlanta Tall Boys, um, who are not a wardrobe, but are a large beer. Nice. Basically, is their mascot. <laughs> Hello, footy princes. Uh, you asked for emails. Here's an email. Jamie, the youngest mountain, which was the sister that Tom was just talking about, 
and I were having dinner uh, together yesterday, and she mentioned that she stockpiles episodes of How Good's Footy. The episodes are like hugs for my ear when I'm having a bad day, she said, so she saves them up for when she's feeling like shit. I realized that I do that as well. I never listen to the episodes on the days they come out. Instead, I save them up for, like, special treats for when I really want something sweet. So I have a sweet request for you. Tell me about your perfect footy day. What would it be like? How do you start the day? What's the weather like? Where would the match be? Why there? Who's playing? What time do you want the match to start? Why then? Um, who would you want to watch it with? What would you eat and drink? What would you do after the match? Uh, hope you're all well. Lots of love from the Northern Hemisphere. Becca. Perfect footy day. <sighs> That's big. Drinking on the train at 11am. Can't remember where <laughs> I went. <laughs> None of the other, no, nothing else, because I can't remember. <laughs> Don't know what I did last night, but my most recent memory of the day starts at 11am when I'm opening a beer on the train. Um, <laughs> rolling into the MCG, probably for a 210 game, I reckon. That's the good I reckon, time slot. I reckon Essendon v... I think I like Essendon v Carlton more than Essendon v Collingwood. Um, just because... Carlton supporters are really passionate, so beating Carlton feels better. Because I don't know, I don't know if you've experienced this, Josh, and I know we've spoken about it on the show a million years ago, so I don't even know if the listeners remember. But going to the footy when Carlton sucks shit is really weird because their fan base still goes. And they're yeah. every week, they're so surprised that they lose by 10 goals. They cannot <laughs> believe it is happening. There's always huge, huge tantrums. Like, slapping hats on chairs, yelling. Uh, so yeah, probably 2-10 game. I've had a couple of beers getting in. Sunny, but not... Maybe a bit overcast. Maybe like... T-shirt and jeans kind of weather. Uh, so I can just comfortably wear jersey over a T-shirt without being like, Phew, a bit hot in the sun. Mm. So I'm thinking maybe like 21, 22 degrees. Level 1 at the MCG, I reckon. Uh, but a couple of rows back, so if, if I want to go to that bar, it's, it's right there. Maybe a tight competition for the first quarter to two quarters, and Essendon come out and win by six or seven goals. Not particularly a great game. Maybe an Essendon forward kicks four goals. Pretty exciting. Would prefer if it was a forward that doesn't usually kick a bag, so pretty much anyone in our forward line at the moment. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I just, I just want to be... Just knowing, like, just Carlton supporters, just so upset. It's so good. <laughs> then afterwards, maybe go out for dinner. I'm, like, well hydrated, but not... not enough. I can still get a table at a pub to have a sit-down yeah. dinner, have a palmer, soak up some of that alcohol, have a few more beers, be home and in bed by midnight. Beautiful day. It's very detailed. Fuck. <laughs> Magnificent. That's... <laughs> That's very. Mine's probably it's a GMHBA because I f- fucking love it there. It's yeah. probably like an afternoon game. Yeah, uh, not You've a super to... hot day, like a crisp autumn day, so I can layer up a bit. Yeah, because you don't want to get too hot there. Like a eighteen and degree day. Maybe even cooler. Maybe like Oof. fourteen or fifteen, but sunny. Fucking hell! Yeah, like all right. a kind of clear, crisp day where you can rug up. You can still wear your jumper and a scarf and beanie and stuff. To flip it, I'm also having a Milo ice cream just cause. Yeah, um, and, and uh, not available at a long time. Yep, they're in this in this version of the perfect <laughs> footy day. Nah. They're Fantasy. available within the stadium. I don't have to go across to the servo to you get You roll one. into mm. Geelong pretty early, and you've got a chance to swing by Sexyland, the biggest Sexyland in Victoria. 
Mm-hmm. Confirmed. Check so out the that. new I've... dildo range or whatever they've oh, got in stock. Just say, guys, keep up the great work being <laughs> the biggest sexy land in Victoria mm. and a feature of my hometown. Uh, and then obviously go with my folks. So, you know, it's a close game. We might win just so I can hug my dad, which is tradition yeah. uh, when you win after the siren. And mm. we're probably, I would love to play a Richmond or a Collingwood at GMHBA just because their fans would lose their mind at having to play in Geelong yeah. and how it's unfair and rigged and I'd feel good. And then after the game, go back for a roast because that's what you do when you win. Huge. That's, that's the perfect day. I prefer, I think I prefer a 7.25 time slot. Oh, Ooh. yeah. That's I think fair. there's a little bit more psycho energy at night. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I think if I lived in Brisbane, my preference would be the Gabba. But for me, I'm probably going to go Marvel Stadium. Yep. Because the best games I've been to as a Brisbane supporter tended to be at, at you know, Etihad, Telstra Dome, whatever you mm-hmm. want to call it now, Marvel Stadium. Um, I reckon I had pretty close to a perfect one this year that Tom <laughs> yeah. and I went to. Collingwood's my preferred opponent. And preferred uh, method of victory is Zach Bailey kicking a goal after the siren and <laughs> killing them. It was so good. Tom's right. After the siren wins, you get the hug. I it's lifted true. him. I lifted him into the air. He shit Thought himself. I was die. High five. <laughs> just high five and strangers. I think we had a beer after the game, just because you need to process like a "what the fuck just happened" sort of thing. <laughs> I think that's footy. Yeah, I think that's footy. So I go mine then. So yeah. During the afternoon, go and watch Coburg Lions play at uh, the Coburg Oval. Very nice. Have a, have a kick at halftime and three-quarter time on the, <laughs> on the actual ground with some mates. Yeah. So good. Then take the train in to the MCG and watch North Melbourne v the reigning Premier's Melbourne. It's packed. Oh. 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 Get, oh. get to see my favourite player, Ben Brown, play. Oh. <laughs> it's close. Yep. We're down by... Now, we're up by two. There's 30 seconds to go. Ben Brown marks it, 50 out, goes for his huge run-up, then turns around, kicks it to the North Melbourne end. Yes. We mark, goal, we win. He then takes off his Melbourne jumper, yes. and North Melbourne one underneath. The perfect, the perfect day. He's oh. back. We've been advocating for the heel turn yes. in footy for Well, this would be a years. face turn, really. Yeah, true. <laughs> Far out. Oh. Yeah. Surely someone's going to do it. Like, I mean, law of averages or whatever. It's got to yeah. happen eventually. I, I, now that I'm thinking about it, Josh, you want to watch Hugh Greenwood very carefully when you oh. play the <laughs> There's a huge chance he does it. If you see Stewie Doo just like lingering yeah. around your rooms, you, something's up. <laughs> I still, like, I know it's been a couple of weeks, but that Hugh Greenwood thing is still so funny. Oh, I honestly think in the and look, one of these things is so unrelated to football, but it's been on my mind so much. And Tom, you'd be aware of it. Josh, I'm actually you definitely are aware of it. Sean, this might be news to you. But two things, two massive things have just happened in the last couple of weeks that I've not been able to stop thinking about. One is Hugh Grant getting delisted uh, Hugh Grant. <laughs> Hugh, Green- <laughs> <laughs> Hugh Greenwood getting delisted by Gold Coast, only for North Melbourne to sneakily pick him up and Gold Coast to be like, well, Oh, fu- fuck. And the other one was the whole Brass Against in- uh, incident. Oh. <laughs> Sean, if you're it's... unaware of this, and listeners, uh... it's on YouTube if you want to look it up, but I will describe yep. it. Basically, uh, at a music festival, I think it's called Welcome to Rockville, there's a band called Brass Against, 
which are a brass band cover band of mostly Rage Against the Machine and Tool songs. Okay. The lead singer uh, throughout this set was like, I need to pee. Like, kept saying it into the microphone. Cried were like, just piss there. And she was like, I'm not going to just piss on stage. Someone will have to clean it up. And the crowd like cheered. And she's like, what? You guys are going to clean it up. Anyway, they get to the last song, which is Wake Up by Rage Against the Machine. There's a breakdown in that song. Um, and she says at the start of the song, who wants to get pissed on? And there's a drunk, there's a drunk guy with a beer can taped to his head. Um, who's cheering. She's like, get him up here. And then as the breakdown starts, when the lyrics are, I think I heard a shot. Um, she pulls down her pants and just pisses on this guy's head. Can I just say... So Joel, much I don't piss. Think you've done it justice. Yeah, it's not. She doesn't just piss on a guy's head. <laughs> she pressure washes the fuck out of his face. You would pay it so is. much money in a German bar for what that man got to experience on stage. <laughs> but she, there's no like, because they're a cover band, and like I understand brass instruments, respect whatever. If you're in a brass band cover band of metal songs, everyone, you're probably the like, just like a loser. But this, the lead singer, not a loser. <laughs> Maybe coolest person on earth. Because yeah. she pulls down her pants and squats over this guy and then sings, like, the I think I heard a shot, which is where the breakdown starts. And she, like, waits. She waits in time with the music to piss. And she pisses so much. She's, like, a regular-sized <laughs> woman, but pisses, like, three pisses worth of piss directly <laughs> onto this guy. And she hits his chest at first and then, like, <laughs> moves, like, waddles a little bit so that she's pissing directly onto his, like, head. <laughs> it hell. is right. incredible. And then, the, like, the song kicks back in and she, like, pulls her pants back up and then just, like, into the microphone is like, get this guy the fuck off my stage. So just <laughs> <laughs> I tweeted PP Allen. That was my uh, yeah. contribution to it. Because I... I love this story. I was working. I my day job is I work at the project. I pitched this story as a hey, this is funny. We can talk about gigs being back, and this is what happens in the first big gig pack. <laughs> didn't didn't make it to TV as they said to me. Oh. They said, Josh, people are eating dinner while we watch this show. <laughs> okay. It's just so like every element of this, and like I know that there's a lot of people listening to this that just want footy talk. But you got to understand, you just need to let me talk about this, and I won't talk about it again. It's, this is the only podcast. This is the only podcast I do where I can talk about this. Looking at their set list is so funny because it's just like a tool cover, a Rage Against the Machine cover, one of their originals, a Rage Against the Machine cover, a tool cover, the Rage Against the Machine, so where she just pisses on a guy's head. And they're a brass band. And when we watch the footage, the guitarist is like doing that guitar pogo <laughs> into the frame as the piss starts. And... The band just keep tweeting that they're sorry and it wasn't something they expected to do. And I also <laughs> went on such a deep dive that I looked at the playing times and this happened at like 7 p.m. Yeah. <laughs> it's... Oh, man. It's so funny. I can't funny. believe that the two mo- the two biggest newsworthy moments of 2021 <laughs> both happened in November. One was the lady pissing on a man and the other was Hugh Greenwood getting Sneaks, picked up by the roots. <laughs> sneaking out of one club into the other. And if you want to send us an email, you can find us at HowGoodsFooty. Or you can find us individually. I'm at Douche13. I'm at Awkward Trade. I'm at Carney from 55 and at Scaredy Boys. New episodes every Friday. <laughs> and Josh, where can we find you? 
I'm at Mr. Josh Earl on uh, Instagram and Twitter. And I also do a podcast called Don't You Know Who I Am, which is out every single Wednesday. And great time to get into it because there's a huge backlog. But Josh, it's ending soon. So it people need is. to listen to it ASAP, get very invested and then be upset that it's ending. And then, but also come to the 300th show, which is happening in April, but it's at uh, Max Watts. Uh, so that's a huge, huge venue and uh, hopefully huge guests. And uh, that's all going to happen in the comedy festival. So that'll be the last one that I do that's going to be in the in the regular feed. Are you that... going to get the singer from Brass Against? <laughs> I hope, I hope <laughs> so. final show. Max <laughs> Watts be is the home of rock in Melbourne. No better place, <laughs> what better time than now. I would be a mate. I go out by three hundred with a special guest. The lead singer of Brass Against it just pisses all over me. I'd be like, yeah, <laughs> perfect way to end a podcast. Both this one and yours, Josh. Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks, guys. And, uh, go north. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.